we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, started seeing the reports on this over the past all oh, week to 10 days, some of the early, early signs uh, about something happening in China. And as always, things are very secretive at first, as we see from history why that is. But I guess the question we have to ask ourselves at this point is, are we just, uh, is, is it a game of fear? Are we spooked out with the whole thing? Or is there really something happening in China right now? And well, as an example, the headline from Newsweek is, is it COVID all over again? We'll start right there, my fellow Americans. Welcome into America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough. Okay, so this was a big one. We covered the. I talked a little bit about this on Viewpoint this Sunday and brought the topic up this past weekend. Uh, it is, I mean, all right. So it's a, it's some sort of pneumonia. Uh, it's a my, mycoplasma pneumonia. They're calling it, Doctor McCullough. Uh, what do we know yeah, about I, this? I think you have it right. You know, the Chinese have been publishing on this for several years now. Papers by Lee Lang, Kim from Korea, and then on also from Korea. What they have over there is they have a strain of mycoplasma pneumonia. It's called an atypical pneumonia. And uh, it's it's a very, very small bacteria that actually penetrates the human cell, gets inside human cells. And this form is resistant to macrolides. And the most common macrolide antibiotic is azithromycin. So we couldn't use a Z-pack on this. Now it is responsive to quinolones, uh, which would be uh, ciprofloxacin or levofloxacin, moxifloxacin, as well as tetracyclines, which would be doxycycline or tetracycline. Just in children, we don't like to use tetracycline because of the um, risk of influencing, uh, you know, the the teeth and bones in development. But it is uh, very treatable. You can see that the lobbies are crowded in China, but there's really no panic. And um, you, you know, I had a first-hand communication with Dr. Michelle Schechter in Brazil, who I've had on my show. Michelle had a man uh, who was in China who had this and returned to her care in Brazil. So we, we knew firsthand what happened. He was tested by the Chinese for COVID and influenza, but they didn't have any testing for this form of pneumonia in China. So they actually didn't have the diagnostics to know what it was. And uh, ultimately, uh, you know, it was her conclusion that it was this form of um, this form of pneumonia, and it completely cleared his lungs, completely cleared up on levofloxacin. So, uh, you know, it, I find it interesting, Malcolm, that it, here we have an outbreak in China. Uh, here we go again, right? It's China. Uh, there are some uh, proteins on the cell surface of the mycoplasma that are amenable to gain of function research. It does make you wonder, mm. uh, you know, are, are the Chinese engaged in gain-of-function research in this pathogen, and do we have an outbreak on that basis? And then the other thing is we're supposed to have a pandemic preparedness response network. The mm. CDC and the medical societies have issued no updates to doctors, none. The WHO is, uh, you know, asking the Chinese questions about what's going on. I mean, this is a joke. I mean, we've 
spent gazillions of dollars on pandemic preparedness and information flow and all these uh, pandemic offices, and they haven't done anything on this. Right. If it was gain of function on China's side on, on the mycoplasma, uh, that would be a game changer? Well, it, it would be, it would basically set a pattern that, you know, we now have a situation where we've had a virus that was been, you know, manipulated with the can of function research and now a bacteria. And uh, just the way the bacteria it is, it is amenable to gain a function research. Someone could take it and make it more infectious and more, more, uh, more virulent. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that is the question that people are wondering right now. Let's face it. I mean, all trust has been lost in regards to uh, any organizations, health organizations, for sure. And in China, all, all uh, trust has been lost. So people are going to think the worst. And with what we've been through, Dr. McCullough, as a people, as the humanity, human race, I mean, people are fearful, aren't they? I mean, I, people are kind of getting a little edgy with this one already. You know? Well, they certainly are. I tell you what, over the uh, the holidays, mm-hmm. there was a tremendous um, upsurge in, in people actually buying the wellness company medical kits and COVID kits, yeah. primarily for this reason. Once we understood the Chinese pneumonia was treatable with one of the medicines in the kit, the doxycycline, for instance, in adults, uh, people started to realize, okay, here's the first case example where it's better to be prepared Right. Then get behind on this. Yeah, yeah. There's ivermectin and HCQ in those kits mm-hmm. that uh, Dr. McCullough's talking about. Frankly, I spoke to the company the other day on these, and um, they're very handy. Uh, we've got them on the site now, by the way. They're in the shop as well. Uh, you can check those out, friends. But if people need this stuff, and they're always asking about how to get those meds quickly, this would be one way to do it right there for sure. Uh, it's a very, very affordable way to do it. In fact, um, I want to come back to, uh, okay, so uh, China, right, the, the whole question is, is this a novel uh, deal here, uh, a, a d- disease virus versus, the, uh, you know, this is what China's saying. No, it's not at all. They said, this is just routine stuff. Don't worry about it. Nothing to look at here to keep moving along. Now, the WHO, the World Health Organization, talk about agencies who have no credit to the themselves. Well, who am I talking to here? Look at the conversation you had in the European Parliament about this uh, group of uh, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they urged, uh, uh, well, before I get into that, they are going along with China, of course. The Chinese authorities told the WHO that there had been no unusual or, or novel pathogens detected, at least not yet, they say. Uh, that, that's their words, actually, Dr. McCullough. It says uh, it has initially been described as a mystery illness, amplifying worries that it could be a new virus. But the World Health Organization says this week, after it had appealed to the Chinese authorities for information, that it has been informed that there has been a rise in outpatient consultations and hospital admissions, and children has been a focus, but it's a whole lot of people, actually, as a result of the mycoplasma pneumonia. And it said this rise has been happening for quite some months now, maybe six months or so, they're saying, and the reports of overlooked hospitals are very accurate. So you think this is just a fluke and nothing more to it? You don't have any sense of that or a gut feeling or, you know, we're not there in China, so it's impossible to know. know. But know. you know, you know that that's the value of having some 
direct communication to somebody go <laughs> you know what's going on yeah. and, and one thing i learned is th- they don't have the more expansive respiratory uh, panels which is um you know for instance the mycoplasma is on the biofire you know multi-dimensional panel which you can check for a variety of, of pathogens you can identify uh, 15 viral infections and for bacterial respiratory infections with the biofire 2.1 that's a you know that's provided by biomreu that's a big french diagnostic company so uh it, it's just that the chinese don't have hmm. the extent of testing that we would have in the united states or europe and so y- they can't give exact confirmation that it's mycoplasma although it looks like mycoplasma is responding to to you know the, the appropriate drugs hmm. um and, and it just goes to show you that there is an opportunity for public health yeah. if we actually had a functional public health system. You know, the first thing the WHO would do is say, listen, if the Chinese don't, don't have the biofire kits, let's get them in there. Let's test people. Let's confirm that it is what we think it is. But instead, this all this, you know, bobbing and weaving and in the shadows and there's these communications and the, and, and the WHO is asking questions and more people are getting sick and, and the worry level goes up. Right. It just goes to show you that we have to be aggressive yeah. and we have to be, you know, on the ball for mm-hmm. these things. And I think most of these can be snuffed out very quickly yeah. if uh, if they're not slow walk like yes. this. Yeah. Um, it, it is an information war everywhere, uh, Peter. It's just an information war. It's so hard to get real information out to people today. We're seeing that in the Middle East. We're seeing that with the war and the propaganda we see it all over the place, and we surely see it here. And by the way, who the World Health Organization, here's their statement. So they're urging people in China to take steps to reduce the risk of contracting this respiratory infection, including updating vaccinations. It's always their answer to go to a shot. Uh, it really is irritating. Uh, but that's including updating vaccinations, maintaining a distance from other people. Oh, my golly, here we go again. Wearing masks uh, and staying at home when you're sick uh, and test. It's the same protocol as uh, what they did with COVID, uh, right? Yeah, it's not going to work, actually, because mycoplasma is bacteria. They're just going to load up the uh, masks with this mycoplasma. Um, this is going to be a total mess. I, I saw <laughs> some images of all the Chinese wearing masks in a lobby. Uh, that's a total mess. Uh, yeah. You know, even well, I can tell you, you know, my, my brother's two um, daughters, uh, this is probably about uh, 15 years ago. They develop mycoplasma pneumonia in Texas. Mm, they, in, wow. and kids get it because they're in close proximity to each other. They're playing with each other. They both got it, and uh, you know their oxygen saturations went down a little bit. So actually, they were hospitalized uh, in Grapevine for a few days, and they got oxygen. They got the appropriate antibiotics, and they got better. So it, you know you can get it as a kid, and you know it happened to my brother's kids as an example. Now chances are, you look at that, it's kind of overkill. The the um the work of breathing is well tolerated the the oxygen was probably overkill and all we need to do is just get antibiotics early to knock this out i've never had a mycoplasma infection that i couldn't treat readily and nowadays with these rapid panels basically in about 45 minutes i'm looking at the biofire panel which uh it, it you know does have emergency use authorization but listen to this it tests for adenovirus it tests for uh, four human coronaviruses other than COVID. Mm-hmm. It tests for COVID. 
uh, human metanumovirus, human rhinovirus, uh, three different types of influenza A, influenza B, para-influenza, respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, and then on the bacteria, it can test for pertussis, parapertussis, chlamydia pneumonia, and mycoplasma pneumonia. And let me tell you what, the, the, the diagnostics are so good here that we're not going to fall behind on this one. All we have to do is get the right tests and the right people, get right. the antibiotics, and snuff out this outbreak. So uh, let me understand one thing, uh, please, about the mycoplasma. I, I, are we saying in, uh, that children are more susceptible to this? Is that, mm-hmm. is that what's happening? It's because they have a lot more. Children have a lot more close contact with one another than adults. I see. And so it's what we call snot swapping. Oh, yeah. 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 We've all we've all experienced that in our youth somewhere, I would imagine. But uh, not a, not a great scene, but but accurate. Uh, just the same. Um, so so that's why the children are more susceptible to this versus the adults are um, uh, less. But I, I guess that's why they're focusing. They keep talking about children out there, but people of all ages have this thing. Right. It's not just them. It's everybody. Yeah, but children are more susceptible, like my right. brother's kids, as I mentioned. Uh, adults seem to tolerate it better. and um, But the kids are very responsive. We're talking a day or two of treatment. And, and as you say, antibiotics are going to work on this, whereas the other one, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a thing, right? I mean, it's yes. a different, different animal entirely. Uh, the way uh, So really, this is just, again, an outbreak of some sort. Do you think, do you think it, with this, even the fact that I'm just thinking here, we're talking about this, do you, what, is there anything as far as like living conditions or is it mm-hmm. the fact that they have 1.4 million billion people? Out? I mean, what is it that these things, they, and you know, the Chinese people also, also walk around as you would just state a moment ago in all the healthcare facilities with masks on. It's a very common image in Asian countries and these masks, in a lot of cases, do more harm than good. And these people are obviously not understanding that. But what what is it with that society that breeds this kind of a problem, do you think, Peter? You know, it does make you wonder if masks, if in fact, aren't amplifying this. Um, wow. Certainly not helping. Uh, but you're right. The Chinese have a lot lesser distance between one person and another, for sure. If you ever go over there, you you get the sense of it, just the crowdedness of it. Um, particularly in these high-rise buildings, you know, China is almost all vertical. You know, they, they don't right. have single houses like we do. You know, in neighborhoods, everybody's vertical in these buildings, and they're out in the stairwells, they're in the hallways, and I think it's all the close conditions that's probably driving this. Yeah, yeah, no, that is very accurate. I, I mean, you get a visual of that when you think about China and the way they're uh, in congested areas. And you see the busy streets when they're on the bikes and they're moving fast into the, uh, you know, doing their shopping and what have you. That's a visual you see all the time with people mask on and they're just close quarters that probably um, propagates a lot of this stuff, I would imagine, uh, outbreaks and stuff to happen. But again, if there was any sense of honorability here and you could trust the WHO or trust the Chinese government for that matter, uh, we'd, we'd understand a little bit better here. Any signals here? Have you heard anything at all to what might be happening to any mention of this in our country? Speaking of the the uh, mycoplasma and any uh, pneumonia in any sort of outbreak situation, we haven't seen any of that here yet, have we? No, but we will. And you know, I just think that travel is so oh. ubiquitous now that, um, and it's 
it's, it's ridiculous to think that, oh, if we shut down the planes, it won't come here. It'll come here just like everything else. Um, but we'll have the rapid testing. And um, I think you'll just see a lot more people get the appropriate rapid test and then um, be mm-hmm. triaged on the right antibiotics. I hope we don't do what the Chinese does and do and just check for COVID and the flu. That's not going to do it. In fact, COVID is so commonly false positive. People are going to be misdiagnosed as having COVID. Okay. So that that won't detect, obviously, this, the mycoplasma pneumonia you're saying at all. No, it's true that, you know, these um, multi-faceted panels Mm -hmm. can really help give us the lay of the land. They're very, very useful. I sent a patient the other night in and he had one of the comprehensive panels. If we just test for COVID, there is a chance that that's going to be false positive from a prior COVID infection and people are misdiagnosed. That's what happened with uh, influenza in the first part of the pandemic that everyone was thinking COVID. They weren't tested for influenza. They were tested for COVID. They were false positive and they were labeled COVID. And believe it or not, some influenza patients were actually incorrectly treated with all the COVID drugs. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me um, let me pose this to you and get your thoughts on uh, this. When we we were speaking previously, you and I in the broadcast here, in fact, that the season was actually looking better than we thought, because as things were being talked about in August, coming into early September, there was a little bit of a heightened awareness in the media that about the season, the fall season, the RSV, the flus, and actually some of it was developing. And then and the news cycle was, but then things sort of quieted down a little bit. And there wasn't as many media stories about it. And you didn't hear too much about it. Now, there was other news happening. And maybe that's why, because the world had other big problems it was dealing with. But we didn't think so. It seemed like the season was going pretty well. You actually reported on that and thought, well, you know, the flu season as it all looks like it's not going to be as bad as we thought. Now, I'm wondering now a couple of things. Here we are. Uh, coming into uh, the holiday season now. People are out gathering more, doing things more. Also, the temperatures have dropped brutal cold in a lot of areas of the country, so much for that global warming. Um, but <laughs> but um, it is, uh, I'm choking on myself here, but uh, it is um, <clears throat> It is uh, uh, now getting pretty cold and frigid. Uh, how does that play into the season? And then with this mycoplasma, how does that play into it? Do you see, how does this uh, impact the season? I'm asking Dr. McCullough. You know, it's interesting. The mycoplasma does like kind of the cold and damp weather. It really does. And um, it does. Oh, oh, it likes it. it better. You're saying, is that what you're yeah. saying? Oh. oh yeah. 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 You know, a lot of these respiratory pathogens, they don't like it sunny and dry. They like it cold and wet. And uh, they have a better chance of breeding, better chance of passing from one person to another. So it does, you know, uh, up the risks. And, um, you know, we had a minor outbreak of COVID-19 in the fall. And it was diverse all the way through. It was uh, uh, EG5, uh, FL 1.5, and then um, HV. Now uh, now the EG5 is, is waning and HV is a little stronger. And then we saw there's a sliver. I I checked it today. It's a little bit concerning. And that's the BA286. That These are all Omicron subvariants of COVID. But the BA286 is people have said that they worry about that. Well, that one's more severe 
more virulent and it, and it is on the rise. So, you know, we don't want to get too overconfident. We, we're, you know, we're glad we're through it. But, um, you know, Dr. Gert Vandebosch, who I've had on my show in the past, he's always predicted sooner or later, this virus is going to take a turn for the worse, that we, we've we over-vaccinated, we've stimulated the development of all these resistant <clears throat> strains, and sooner or later, one of these strains is going to be a bad actor. And sure enough, that bad actor is BA286, and it's more than 1% right now on the NOWCAST system. So, Wow, okay. Um, and, and so uh, there could be still a, a more of a price to pay for some of this uh, outlandishness, I guess, uh, uh, for a better word. But um, uh, I th- we should all be diligent at this point is what I'm gathering, Dr. McCullough, right now. Coming into the season now, it sounds to me like things uh, and with the cold coming in, uh, pretty pretty frigid in a lot of areas of the country. And uh, the, and I think it's pretty cold there where you are now, isn't it? In Texas, pretty pretty chilly. No, it's, isn't not, it? it's not bad. We're oh. we're on coats. It's not it's not bad. Oh. Um, but you know, let me say, Malcolm, the people I worry about the most in my practice, yeah, are the multiply vaccinated. The paper from Cleveland Clinic, which is right. fully peer reviewed and published mm-hmm. by Shretha and colleagues, showed with every additional shot, the risk mm-hmm. of getting COVID goes up and up and up. Wow. So people have had three or four shots. They're the ones having COVID over and over again. The unvaccinated have the least risk of COVID. So the shots have clearly made things worse. And if we have a more virulent strain at hand, I, you know, my concern level is going to be higher. I, we're ready to go with McCullough protocol. Yeah. We've got, you know, a lot of uh, drugs at the ready. We don't have monoclonal antibodies, but you're right. We have to be vigilant. Yeah. Yeah. And what about people that have, uh, uh, damage to their lungs. I'm seeing a lot of people still communicate with us um, that have a severe um, damage from COVID, COVID pneumonia, this kind of thing. Uh, what about them con- contracting this uh, myco- mycoplasma pneumonia? That's a factor, isn't it? Right. So people with lung disease, let's say emphysema, asthma, prior uh, lung damage, what's called uh, organizing pneumonia after COVID. If they get the mycoplasma, they're they're at risk for dropping their oxygen. And so, you know, here we go again. The difference is, is that mycoplasma is exquisitely responsive to the right antibiotics. So if we, let's say we had an adult and it looked like they had the Chinese pneumonia, we get an IV in, we give a dose of, um, let's say, um, uh, moxifloxacin okay. in the emergency room. Right. Uh, you know, it could turn the patient around right away. A okay. child could get a dose of, you know, pediatric ciprofloxacin. Okay. So we could turn this around right away uh, and and head this off. So you- if, if we had the right public health communication, right. we would be communicating ahead of time, making Did sure you- we have enough antibiotics, yeah. making sure people have, there's enough alerts, but there hasn't been any alerts to American right, doctors. That's right, the thing that's right. so frustrating. Did, did you just call this, by the way? I just want to make sure I heard this right. Did you just call this the Chinese pneumonia? Well, that's what it's being called. Oh, oh I just pneumonia. wanted to know. I didn't know. I I, I not heard that. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah, I wasn't pulling a Trump. I mean, this is, this is <laughs> they are calling this. Uh, I think it's Trump and Chris Saucedo and, yeah. and Sebastian Gorka. You know, they're all calling, you know, the China virus. You know, and you can see, but but people are calling this the Chinese pneumonia, just so okay. we can localize All right. it. All know. right, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I didn't know. That's 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 fine. I wasn't uh, being tricky on it. But uh, so, in the case of my wife who had COVID pneumonia severely, as you know, and and by the grace of God, we're we're here today and fighting the fight. But um, 
but anti even if she had got this mycoplasma somewhere, she's out and about, whatever she gets it, antibiotics would be still the same thing that you just spoke about would be the answer for her. Same thing. Yeah, prompt antibiotics, sometimes uh, like a nebulizer of albuterol. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, rarely we'd have to hospitalize somebody and have monoxygen. Okay. For a day or so, no ventilation should never have to mechanically ventilate. This. Amen. Yeah, we. Oh God, that would be a talk about uh, trauma. Um, that would be uh, PTSD for sure. With what we went through uh, with the um, the the oxygen, you, you remember, you know, with COVID. You know, oh yeah. You, that's a that's really a. Whew, I don't ever want to see that again. I have to tell you, I don't ever want to see that oxygen machine again. Man, what we went through, uh, just barely escaped death uh, is what happened there, friends. All right, let me let me say before we move forward with the questions and stuff. All right, coming in now to the season, let's talk about a couple of things here on in regards to um, the kit that Dr. McCullough talked about. I just went... Uh, to uh, just to make sure myself to go americaroutloud.shop right now. And I remember talking to them just a couple of weeks back about this kit. It's an emergency kit. This is very, very effective. And I didn't realize this was all going to happen with uh, the problems we just talked about. But here is something to consider here. Uh, if you click the the uh, wellness uh, links there on americaroutloud.shop, uh, you'll see there, and you go to the page. We, I, we, I had them build it right into the wellness company page. And is, it, let me just read this to you, please. It's a COVID treatment from actual experts. It gets into uh, all what's in here, and you got ivermectin, you got hydroxychloroquine, you get the Z pack, the you know, you get the bucetonite, uh, budesonite, you get the nebulizer, and you get the guidebook uh, for emergency use. And all of that is there, uh, that COVID kit. If, and you get 25% off using the code out loud as well. But I want to mention, this has got to be uh, a pretty effective tool, uh, Dr. McCullough, to get here, don't you think? Oh, for sure. I think people want to be ready. Um, people have kits for, you know, home, school, work. Now, it's one kit per person. So if there's a f multiple families, uh, they're very affordable. You know, the discounts you have on the out loud platform are terrific so it's very affordable yeah. and it comes with a guide to kind of tell you what to do but also a telemedicine consultation if you've got a question get a doctor on the line and make sure you you are taking the medicines uh you, you know the right medicines for the right condition now this is also going to handle a bladder infection routine bronchitis sinusitis mm -hmm. um skin infections you get a dog bite, we're ready to go. Uh, you know, dog bites need antibiotics because the dog's teeth have bacteria on them. Um, and, um, uh, you know, a yeast infection, a woman will get a vaginal yeast infection. So these are very useful kits. You know, when people go to the urgent care, Malcolm, or the ER, yeah. you know, the bill is typically in the thousands of dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. For sure. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, this is why you've got to do preventive and stay away from some of that because it's very expensive. Um, so that kid again, that's how you get that. And also we got the message up there, a couple of things on the ultimate spike detox that uh, Dr. McCullough has put together and uh, with the natokinase, the bromelain and the turmeric extract. That package now as a trio is now indeed available through the wellness company. 
Uh, use 25%. Uh, you get the 25% off with the Out Loud. It's right on the message there on AmericaOutloud.shop. But that is available now. It's all there on that site there. By the way, on the shop, we just built in the COVID resources and healthcare resources is a new thing we've added as well. We're going to have general healthcare resources there as well. You'll see two buttons there that'll bring you to a page with all the links. You'll see all of the resources that Dr. McCullough has in play with his protocols, the detox, all, all of the vari variations of things are all there. So it's all convenient. And that was the reason we built it in here at AmericaOutloud.shop right there. Um, there's a whole lot more up there that we'll be talking about in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, some new stuff coming about uh, uh, as well, new products and things to help us all out but anyways take a look around there there's some very cool products do your research please do your own research any any of these links you click there's going to be studies there there's going to be research available for you there there's going to be you know always do your own um, background check and be comfortable with what you're doing this is really it's your body it's your life it's your decision never trust somebody saying something uh, no matter who it is always do your own research and be comfortable with it very very important we don't give specific medical advice out here uh, that's not the plan but it's to help uh, us all out as people uh, with the best uh, uh, things that are trending and best practices is the way i would say it best practices don't you think dr mcconnell right yeah i think that's a good way to put it and um you know, again, do your research, but wellness company provides great backup with the telemedicine. Yeah. And if you have a questions, you know, that's part of the, the cost of the kit. They're very affordable. And when you have a kit at home, the minute something develops, you're ready to go. You know, the yeah. minute yeah. you cut your foot and have got a deep uh, wound and, and, uh, you know, I've got to make some decisions on what you're going to do with management um, or you get a dog bite, for instance, and it's not, you know, it's not something that needs stitches, but it's a deep penetrating dog bite. Yeah. You're ready to go. The minute there's a bladder infection, you know, almost everybody can self-diagnose a bladder infection. Almost yeah. always. Uh, you know, we can get going on this. The other thing too, Malcolm, is travelers, gastroenteritis, and diarrhea. People always know when they get food poisoning. And they go to Mexico, go to India. And you eat something a few hours later, start having nausea, vomiting. The kit's going to be really critical there because it contains uh, antiemetics, actually mm -hmm. dissolvable medicine under the tongue that can stop the vomiting when wow. it can't stop. Wow. So when people get vomiting and they're on a cruise ship or they're away and traveling and you can't stop it, it gets pretty scary. And the last thing you want to do is go to some hospital yeah. where you don't speak the language in the country and you don't have insurance coverage. This is a brilliant idea. I mean, absolutely brilliant. And back in the day when, uh, you know, people were just grasping for this, uh, these products, by golly, these kits, <laughs> if they were available back then, uh, God only knows uh, how many of those. And wow, I mean, I don't even know what the price would have been back then. Nobody could get to half of this stuff. You know what I mean? You know, so... Mm -hmm. Well, nowadays it is, you know, as long as you have a physician consultation with a wellness company has figured out how to do this, you can actually have your stockpile. You can actually be ready to go. Now, it doesn't include the nasal sprays and gargles that we focus so much on the show, Malcolm. So separately, you'd want to get your own products, Cofix, Rx, Clear, 
uh, you know, a lot of great products out there, but make sure you've got a really good nasal spray ready to go and a good gargle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love both products. Clear is made with xylitol. It's fantastic. It's a great product. I use it myself. That's available at pharmacies, drugstores everywhere. I mean, it's perfect. Uh, and with the xylitol and uh, it does the job really very much. And uh, the Covix RX has the povidone iodine in there, and uh, that uh, and that is uh, it tackles the problem a little differently, I think. But each serves its purpose, right, Doctor McCall? It's true. You know, I just got through a viral illness. People can tell they've seen me on TV. Uh, I didn't. I didn't miss any work. Uh, I was careful. I didn't pass it to anybody, so I've kept track. So I got through a viral illness, and let me tell you. Early on, I used Cofix RX, I want to say in the first three days. Right. And then I was using, uh, I was actually using a, the xylitol gargles, the spry gargle, and I was 50-50 um, mm -hmm. mixing it with peroxide, just 3% food grade hydrogen peroxide, and I was gargling. So I was doing the nasal spray, Cofix RX, xylitol peroxide gargle every four hours, the first three days. After that, I transitioned the nasal spray to the clear, the xylitol. I used the clear recovery mm -hmm. formula. And the reason why I did that is, you know, after the acute phase is over with, you kind of zap the virus down. Then the rest of this is just kind of the mucus. And it's really the, the nasal microbiome that's the problem. It's getting all screwed up. And what, what xylitol does is it allows the good bacteria to dominate over the bad bacteria and that's the reason why the it, it's they it, got a very good name, clear. That's the reason why it clears out the passage the passages yeah. because the pathogenic bacteria are relatively outcompeted by the good bacteria, and you get normalize the the nasal congestion and the mucus much more rapidly. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how I did it. So I, I do think Cofix RX and Clear have a you know a dual role. Mm -hmm. uh, Cofix RX early and then Clear later in the syndromes, and it worked great. I've got uh, xylitol uh, cough drops here, yeah. uh, as well as xylitol mints. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing stuff. There's no doubt about it. I use it myself. I get it, uh, and uh, it's uh, very effective. Uh, keeps us uh, uh, in, uh, in our health uh, where we want to have it, and, and it nips it nips these problems in the bud, uh, mm -hmm. so you don't have long term problems. If you let things go, it gets worse. Anyways, got to stay healthy, especially coming into the season. All this going on. Listen, uh, also, let me take a moment to and just to wish everybody just a, a, a beautiful season. Everybody, everybody deserves to have this moment of respite, uh, really, uh, with everything we've been through here. And uh, so please enjoy the season, whether it's a Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah or Happy Holidays or whatever it is that you're you're uh, uh, celebrating. Uh, it is a good time to do that. Uh, we're on Q&A 93 today, by the way, and we're going to hit some questions just after the pause. You're listening to America Out Loud Pulse. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. 
No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells, and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back, my fellow Americans, and to all of our friends around the world here. Uh, Welcome into the broadcast here on America Out Loud Pulse. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here along with Dr. Peter McCullough. And uh, we're going to take on uh, some great questions right now on Q&A 93. And uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's jump right in here. Uh, Gordon says, I am 33 years old and have had two vaccines in 21 as my job mandated the jab. Should have stuck to my gut. (laughs) Okay. I'm on the base spike detoxification. I do feel better, and as such, thank you both for bringing it to our attention. Wow. Dr. McCullough, deaths are up, no question. But do you think that vaccinated individuals are going to die within three to five years after the shots? I've seen doctors speaking of this, and it's not. And if it's not three years, the vaccinated will have their lives reduced by 25 years, they say. Do you also think they'll have 25 years knocked off their lives? Well, these are questions people are wondering, Dr. McCullough. It's impossible to know. Obviously, the big risk period was the first 30 days, you know, after these two shots, you're through that uh, detoxifying now, which I think is reasonable. If there's greater concern, extending it three, six, nine, 12 months, again, reasonable. 
Um, you know, we have seen cardiac arrests two years after the shots, giant blood clots two years after the shots. And people are worried about this cancer linkage. Tur- it's not tur- turbo cancer, the turbo cancer. Yeah. It's not proven. But if there's a bona fide cancer risk, huh. we're probably going to extend kind of a worry period on the vaccinated out to about five years. Right. Which is pretty general with cancer anyways, it's a five year period. But uh, we are seeing a lot of reports. People have had problems with it. So I don't know. But these are all the unknowns right now. Here's another young man. This next question from Luke. Again, these are young guys. Um, He's a 25 year old male. Took two Pfizer shots in 21 again here with an unvaccinated and he's with an unvaccinated partner. Uh, he says, I'm on the base spike detox again, and we want to have children, but I'm worried. I may cause harm to her because of the shedding. I knew a few people who are both vaccinated and have been able to have a healthy baby, but I'm concerned that we won't be able to have kids or I might harm her. Dr. McCullough, is there hope for us? And is there anything else I can do? Wow. I think you're doing the right thing on the base spike detox. And if you've been on it for more than three months and you're two years after the shots, um, clearly there hopefully is no problem with male fertility. She didn't take them, so she's going to be fine. You know, I'd say probably after three months, it it would be uh, fine to start doing family planning and trying to conceive. Now for the man, he can take the detox all the way through the process. Now, if the wife becomes pregnant, she should stop the uh, detoxification process. Okay. And Luke, God bless you for, uh, for not only the question, but for uh, the way you handle it and uh, to be that way. I, I really applaud that. This next one's from Joe. Uh, I know family and friends that are still getting the boosters. Wow. What are the two or three key studies you think to enlighten them so they no longer take these shots? You know, I would point to um, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons that has the uh, statement March 2023 uh, calling to pull all the vaccines off the market based on the safety data. And the World Council for Health, uh, June 2022 call to pull all the vaccines off the market, the pharmacovigilance report. That's very exhaustive. It, It shows in every safety database the vaccines aren't safe. People need to understand that they're playing Russian roulette with their lives. With each shot, you know, we don't know when that's going to happen, but with each shot, there's a real risk of death. Yeah, yeah. Especially these boosters, they keep getting them and getting them and getting them. Uh, It's not good at all. Uh, This next one's from Roy. He says, I recently saw a post that the vaccine destroys the immune system by removing the white blood cells and gives them HIV. Because the vaccine contains HIV and does everyone vaccinated now have HIV? The the uh, hmm. there's a sequence of code that is homologous, meaning it's the same pattern as an HIV glycoprotein, and for that reason, that's the reason why the white blood cell count goes down. We believe, and it is possible that the vaccines do provide some general immunosuppression. Among the vaccinated, we've seen outbreaks of staph. We've seen uh, outbreaks of adenovirus, hepatitis. Uh, clearly, the Shretha data show more and more risk of COVID with each shot. The, the body's immune system gets beaten down with these shots. It doesn't get enhanced. 
but it's not AIDS. It's not HIV. So it, the HIV is a different disease. That's a virus that's invaded the body that's going to, in a sense, take out the body's immune system. And, and one needs a ton of treatment for that. This is not HIV. It is COVID vaccine immunosuppression. Yeah, I had a feeling that's what you'd say. I didn't think the two were related at all, right? Not at all. Right. Well, uh, they're related only because of the fact that part of the code okay. matches the same part of the code as the the, okay. the HIV. And so people have asked the question, wait a minute, you know, was this was this manipulated? Was this another part of the manipulation? Um let me say one other interesting observation is the Australians uh, in Queensland had an early COVID vaccine. It was an antigen-based vaccine, but it exposed the part of the spike protein that had this homology with HIV. It exposed that um, uh, in the confirmation of this uh, antigen. And so when they were injected and people were vaccinated in Australia, everybody turned HIV positive in the study. Oh, wow. Wow. So they didn't have HIV, but the blood test turned positive hmm. and people were furious wow. that they were research subjects and now they're HIV positive. It's a false positive, yeah. but they're HIV positive. So I'm just t telling you that it is a real thing okay. that part of the spike protein, the full spike protein that you get with the vaccine mimics an HIV glycoprotein. Yeah. Well, we all grew up knowing HIV was not a good thing. I mean, we know. And so it's a it's a when you hear that, it's a it's a fear thing. You know, uh, people immediately think that uh, this next one's from Marley's. Um, uh, I'm currently doing the spike protein detoxification using Dr. McCullough's method and spike support formula by the wellness company almost completed six months. How do I know how long I should do this protocol for? I think it's based upon the original circumstances. So if it was two or three vaccines and lots of side effects, it's probably going to be a year. Uh, if it was, you know, two vaccines, but no, no side effects and one episode of COVID, that could be about six months. Um, it's going to also depend on the degree of symptoms that people have. If there was numbness or tingling or this posterior orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, POTS, you know, a longer duration is reasonable. Some people are just trying to play it safe, Malcolm. They took the shots and nothing happened. Nothing at all. We really don't know, know a duration. I'm saying probably three months. Um, we should have a spike protein blood test shortly, the in vitro gen assay. Yeah. And when we have that, that'll be the answer. People are just going to get a blood test and see if that stuff is cleared out of the bloodstream. That's what I wanted to ask you right there. There's got to be something coming along. It's exactly the question I had. And when, when is that out? Do you know, or what, what's the goal? On that? It's commercially available. It's going to be what's called a laboratory-derived assay, but we've got to convince Quest or LabCorp or one of the big companies to pick it up so we can order it. Right now, we can't order it. And so we're in this catch-22. We can't order it. So LabCorp and Quest are going to say there's no demand for it. So uh, our clinic, for instance, actively t talking to both of the commercial labs to say, listen, somebody's got to get this on board. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. All right. Uh, Connie says, I am recovering from an ischemic stroke. I'm on monoclonal antibodies infusion monthly and Eliquis. Can I do a detox spike protein also? Yes. Just watch for uh, bleeding, but we, we use it with Eliquis all the time now. 
And, uh, you know, as long as the doctor knows about it, you're fine. Yeah, consult with your doctor, make sure. But there's your answer, Connie. Uh, Judy says, this is uh, one. I used to take CoQ10. Um, CoQ10, she's saying, Judy's asked, is it worth taking? Uh, CoQ10, you, you take that? I haven't taken it in years. I used to take it. You know, CoQ10 is a valuable thing to take, Malcolm. And there's been some recent analyses showing people who do take CoQ10 supplementation, they actually have a better survival, better cardiovascular survival. Um, I like 300 milligrams a day. I think one of the best in class products is Kirkland. Kirkland uh, is the Kirkland brand you get at uh, Costco, but you can get it on Amazon. Oh, yeah. That comes in a 300 milligram. Um, okay. kind of a, a like a, a capsule. One of the problems with CoQ10 is the real hard tablets, they're not well absorbed. And so they, I think that's the reason why the Kirkland gets the recommendation. I see, I see. Okay. I, I, you know, I used to take it for years back. It's been a while, while but it, from what you just said, it kind of sounds like something we should be taking. Um, yeah. uh, all right. Um, next one from Holly. Uh, Dr. McCullough, does everyone vaccinated have myocarditis? You know, this question is getting to the Nakahara paper that showed <laughs> virtually everybody has an abnormal PET scan, uh, certainly out to six months or more. We don't know. that. I think the fair thing to say is that 2.5%, according to the um, Mansanguin and Buren papers, had get myocarditis, and everybody else who takes the vaccine has a form of what's called a metabolic cardiomyopathy. Something is wrong with metabolism in the heart. And obviously, most people can't feel it. But that that positron emission tomography study is very disturbing. We're going to have to have a lot more studies to confirm it. Um, but suffice it to say, in probably everybody, the vaccine did go to the heart. Right, right. There's some, right, right. You know, I thought you said for a moment, I started to almost chuckle. I thought you said the Rocky Horror Show. You were saying what kind of paper? The Horror? Har- Har- Nakahara. Well- <laughs> it's a Japanese name. I, I, heard, I heard Rocky Horror. I said, oh, man. All right. This one's from Ernest. Can you tell me the name of the COVID-19 test that shows you have been injected with the COVID-19 shot? And uh, is there a list of labs that do the test? Yeah. Well, the current test we use is the LabCorp extended range antibody test. And it's not directly measuring the spike protein, it's measuring antibodies to the spike protein, but there is a clear separator. People who have just had the infection, but no vaccine, the number on that test comes out at 300, 400, 600. Those who took the shot, Malcolm, that comes out at 20,000, 25,000. It's night and day difference. So people who have taken the shot have way more spike protein. That's the current way we do it. In the future, again, we'll be able to directly measure it. But right now, it would be, we use in my clinic, LabCorp, L-A-B-C-O-R-P, and it's just considered the extended range antibodies against the spike protein, quantitative. Okay. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Ingrid says, my mom is having issues with her omentum. Is that how omentum? Uh, the doctors thought she had mastic cancer, but the but uh, with CT with contrast, no mass showed up. They did an upper and lower GI scope was done showing no cancer. She did take the shot. My question is, do you think this could be because of the spike protein and not cancer at all? Hmm. No, it definitely could be spike protein, but I'd be vigilant. I've been known of a few cases now where sadly it did turn out to be a cancer or sarcoma started growing. So, uh, you know, have a low threshold for a repeat CT scan. You know, in the absence of anything else, uh, 
uh, without any GI bleeding or other problems, the base spike detoxification is at least something that can be done that's constructive. You know, people want to do something, Malcolm. They feel kind of victimized in taking these shots. Uh, at least get going with that. Again, uh, through our um, America Out Loud store, uh, the deep discount that you get to the, the customers is fantastic. It's the highest discount anywhere. Um, so it's very affordable. I think everybody uh, listening is in this, you know, has vaccine concerns, ought to have the base spike detoxification, the trio of spike support, bromelain and curcumin. Yeah. Okay. All right. This one is from Linda. I am a, uh, I'm an RM with intense interest in the possibility of uh, in mRNA shedding from vaccinated people. Given the research is well in its early stages, is the prevention protocol the same? For example, vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, is there anyone working on a test to see if there is any mRNA in the blood? Uh, you know, no one working on it that I'm aware of. I know some research labs can do it. Castriuta did it uh, in blood and um, Roldkin and Crossan did it in tissue to actually assess. Um, I would say, yes, the prevention protocol is the same, but I would also say that, it, it, let, let's say I saw a doctor today, for instance, his shedding came up. He's an ear, nose and throat doctor, Malcolm. Mm-hmm. So he's putting scopes and speculum in noses and mouths all day long. I mean, he's getting a lot of exposure to people, right? And uh, particularly those who are carrying SARS-CoV-2, other viruses, you know, a reasonable program is for him probably twice a day to do a form of a nasal spray and a gargle. And the really good one to use, uh, you know, on that basis would be the clear product, the xylitol product. That would be perfect. And uh, so if the messenger RNA or the spike proteins in exosomes, it's just less likely to land, kind of get taken up by the mucosal cells, and you're giving yourself a bit of a defense barrier. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Just last couple here. Martha says, I have a Medtronic pacemaker and take a Coumadin daily. How would the meds for long COVID affect me? Again, they can be given... We just have to watch carefully. There's no interactions with Coumadin. Um, we just have to watch for, you know, uh, excessive bleeding. And now this person's on Coumadin. They're measuring their INR. Uh, let your doctor know that you want to do this. And um, and should be fine. I have some patients in my practice on Coumadin doing the detoxification. No bleeding uh, concerns at all at this point in time. Okay. Uh, Yuri says, I'm looking to help a very close relative who has been so misinformed about the mask efficacy. Uh, He's willing to listen, okay, and would like to see uh, three different peer-reviewed studies showing how masks are harmful and ineffective. Could you please help me find this information to provide to my dear uncle? Hmm. We can do a lot better than that. We can provide over 80 studies, and it's in the Cochrane Review, C-O-C-H-R-A, uh, A-N-E review on, I believe first author is Tom Ferguson. And if you search on Google, you can find it. Or if it's suppressed, you can go to Courageous Discourse Substack and type in uh, masks and it'll come up with a graphical abstract. But the Cochrane analysis is uh, clear and definitive. The vaccines, uh, the masks uh, simply didn't work uh, in stopping COVID at all. So, 
Okay. All right. Let me uh, take just a few moments and uh, Dr. McCullough and tell uh, folks a uh, few just uh, quick updates on the platform and network as we get excited and turn into a new year here. Uh, and I always love that. Uh, but uh, getting ready for a big 2024, and I hope you are out there as well. This is a good time for all of us to uh, uh, really set our goals for the new year and, and see what, what we want to accomplish. And uh, and are we happy with where we're at? And now's the time to make changes if you're not. Um, let me tell you, on uh, at AmericaOutLoud.News, we have an entire new platform website coming off the ground. We're super excited about it. We've been working on it for a couple of months now, and we made this decision early in the year. So on a Saturday, uh, December 23rd at midnight, uh, through uh, Monday, January 1st, uh, America Out Loud News will be uh, will be dark. There'll be a, a, a face page there with links and things you can uh, access to get to the talk radio network. But we're talking the website here. We will relaunch the site, and I hope you'll join us on January 1st, 2024, at noontime uh, Eastern time. And uh, the site will be live, and you'll see the whole new thing again right there. I'm really super excited we also, a lot of our hosts needed some time. They, some, some, many were asking for a little bit break as well. So we will be running best of first Christmas classics, uh, wonderful Christmas music on the 23rd, 24th, 25th of December and the week between Christmas and New Year's best of shows. So we can give all of our hosts, our radio hosts and our writers some time off as well. It was a perfect time to do it and to connect the dots with um, our growth and the movement of things we're doing on that way. We do things a little differently here, but uh, I think putting people first is important. And I think everybody needs a little bit of break. So while we're getting this all together, that's what we're going to do. So please join us back on January 1st uh, at noon to see the new the new digs and what we're doing there. In the meantime, talk radio will continue on throughout uh, that period of time. Uh, we'll keep you abreast of other things happening and uh, and in the meantime, please help us and get back to AmericaOutloud.news and share the out loud truth. We have best in class that are trying to really help educate folks and get best practices out there for, for all uh, to fight the fight. And that's what we do here, friends. So, hey, listen, thank you for joining us here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat ahead.